This is Breakfast Bites with Churro and Robert and Lucy. Yeah, both of you. What's today's <laughs> episode about? Conspiracy um, theories. Yeah. <laughs> I've listed get your tinfoil hats. Yeah, get your tinfoil hats. I've listed ten that I think are like either really popular or like well known, and we're gonna give you. You know, an explanation, maybe some rationalization, and we're, we're going to rate some stuff. 1 to 10, <laughs> how ridiculous is it? And then 1 to 10, how likely is it to be real? Um, who did the first one? Who suggested that one? Because I'd never heard of that one. The um, first one is uh, Helen Keller isn't real. So I think this one was actually Evan. So my boyfriend, he is for whatever reason very convinced that Helen Keller isn't real or that she was in capacity. Um, yeah. So his rationale is that she was born in like, what, the 18, late 1800s? And that there is no way that someone that was born in 1880 who became blind and deaf could potentially end up becoming an author and like a well-known advocate. He thinks that because of modern technology, not having modern medicine, not having really existed then, that um, she couldn't possibly have learned to read and write and communicate. So that's his theory. I'm going to read the notes that are on the, the thing right now. Okay. This I copy off of an article, so it might seem like weird me just reading it out, but here it goes. How old were you when you found out that there's a conspiracy theory about Helen Keller circulating on TikTok? For many olds, in quotations, this terrible <laughs> news hit them this week when Twitter user at Jamie2181, shout out to them, I guess, shared a TikTok video made by a middle school history teacher who recorded himself talking to his students off camera. In it, you can hear students saying, Helen Keller is the Nazi guy. He's a terrorist. And then Helen Keller was the blind and deaf person who was fake. She didn't exist, but everyone believed she was deaf and blind. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I mean, like, this is a conspiracy theory, like, I had never heard of before, like, today. <laughs> um, but after, like, thinking a lot about it, like, the time period she was born in and, like, being born um, blind and deaf, like, um, it's extremely difficult for you to learn, like... Uh, abilities like speech um once you um age past like those developmental years um so to even like think that she would able be able to learn how to communicate like as well as people say she was like and her later in her adult life is just kind of hard to believe and um i actually looked it up and watched like another podcast about this topic and one thing that i thought was kind of convincing convincing in their arguments is that um, uh, one of the ways she was communicating was through like palm signaling. Like she would have um, her interpreter's palm out and then she would use her finger to like sign different words and um, phrases and stuff. When you watch like the videos of her doing that, like she is um, poking different areas of her interpreter's palm to signal like different letters, different words. And she's going at a pretty fast speed, but her interpreter is just like speaking at like a normal conversational pace. Um, and like, 
it is extremely hard to, I guess, believe that the interpreter would be able to like take the input from Helen Killer on her hand, form it like into the long like um, structured sentences, and then be able to communicate that um, at the speed that Helen Keller was like actually like touching her hand. Um, so that's like something that I thought was really interesting um, and something that like, maybe she wasn't all that like she um, was made out to be. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that makes you like everything you've been taught about, about Helen Keller. Yeah. Do you want me to, because, you know, I, I tried to do research on some of these two, just sort of from the like science perspective, because that's just the kind of person I am. Um, there was some more like convincing evidence that she really could have been deaf and blind that was like, so she didn't go like, I don't know why, but she lost her sight and hearing when she was about 19 months. So she did have a year and some change of like being able to see and like um, through like sight and sound. And then when she was, she started learning how to, they call it like, I think it's like home signaling. So like if a person has um, like parents that can hear or speak or see, and they're not put in a situation where they learn like real, like, you know, like ASL or anything, they do actually come up with their own form of communication through sort of like hand gestures. And then when she was seven, they actually hired this person, which could be the interpreter that you're talking about, Ann Sullivan who from the age of seven onward taught her all of these different methods to communicate. So like one of the first ones was um, she would have Helen like touch an object and then would sign or not sign, but like write the letters on Helen's palm to sort of like spell out the word. Um, another way that they use the, it's called the Tadoma think method. And what they did was if you, um, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but essentially if you put your hand on someone that's speaking in a certain way where like your pinky is on their vocal cord so you can like, you know, feel their speech patterns and then your hands, you're like your three fingers sort of on their like mouth jaw area and the thumb is like sort of holding their head while they're talking. It's another way that you can essentially like learn speech patterns. So it seems crazy, but I also feel like, you know, we got to give her credit that she was probably very intelligent considering... Um, you know, she didn't end up going to school and, um, you know, wrote books and stuff. And so I don't know. I just think that like, while there is some, some parts of me that are like, wow, that's kind of crazy that it happened. I have to believe that even though it was a hundred years ago, it's not like they were, you know, illiterate and didn't know what to do. I feel like we have this weird view of like a hundred years ago as being like so far into the past when like, I feel like there was an ability for her to learn these things in the way that she learned them. So that's my two cents. No. Yeah. I definitely see both sides. I mean, we we weren't around then, so we don't know the like full scope of like how well they, they accommodated her life. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, it's just hard to believe just because of what we've developed since then. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. it just kind of seems recent. It seems way too recent yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the second one, we have for you is the Area 51 alien research site. So basically, <laughs> Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada is speculated to house an underground lab where research on extraterrestrial life is, is conduced. And people seem to believe this just because of how 
you know, secretive, the bases. But, I mean, it's a military base. They're not just going to allow civilians in, whatever, you know. But for some reason, people are really caught up on this one. They're like, oh, yeah, this one is the big one. <laughs> you know, I feel like this is one of the most well-known ones. Everyone's like, Area 51 is that place, you know. Aliens do exist. This is like the Area classic 51. Squishy theory. Yeah, this is, is it classic. Is it just like a... um like a byproduct, a byproduct of like the base being so close to like reported UFO sightings, like Roswell and Mexico and stuff. Like, is there any evidence really to, I guess, suggest there's aliens there, or is it just because it's like the nearest base to other alien reportings? I think it. I think it is because it's like the nearest location, nearest major installation. I think. But I mean. It kind of makes sense. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere, basically. Mm-hmm. It's an Air Force base, too, for one. So yeah. all the sightings of UFOs and stuff, it's mostly, like, attributed to that location just because if it's just because of its proximity, I guess. I wouldn't be able to tell you what the origin is. I should have looked that up. Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, I, I, for one, believe, and considering what, like, a couple of months ago, a year ago, I don't know, time doesn't make sense anymore. We literally leaked, but not leaked, UFO sighting videos. Like, does anyone mm-hmm. remember those? Like yeah. From, like, military aircraft? Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, them literally, like, hearing them talk about how it's, like, wow, that looks really weird. They're, we've never seen anything like it. It had these weird lights going. Like, I feel like that the government may have just sort of slid in amongst the pandemic coronavirus stuff going on that maybe aliens like hyper intelligent aliens do exist because i am a firm believer that there are at least you know microbes bacteria some sort of like even single cellular um life out there to assume that that life is going to be a humanoid and be interested in us if there is like hyper intelligent life i feel like we're really putting ourselves as like wow, look how interesting we are when we're literally at war with each other. Like, we're just this little planet of, like, creatures that can't figure out how to be amongst themselves. I don't know that hyper-intelligent life would necessarily think that there's anything they could gain or learn from us, if that makes sense. But I think if there are aliens, they're probably in Area 51. Yeah, Yeah, I I did... uh... (laughs) I did um just just quick. I did see those statements from like the news. I was watching the news and I remember seeing it like at the very bottom of the screen where it's like sightings of UFOs confirmed by such and such. Yeah. It it really is like they just slid it in while we're like panicking about something else. Like, hey, by the way, aliens, I'm out. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, Robert? Yeah, one of like the like main explanations um I've read online for like ufos in that area is that like oh area 51 is used as like a um like a test for experimental military aircraft like the um the cia tested their sr-71 blackbird i think in that area um and a bunch of other like experimental like military aircraft were tested in that area so like for the longest time people were using that as like a um an explanation for UFO sightings, like, oh, no, it was just military. 
but um, I actually watched a documentary a few weeks ago called um, The Phenomenon, I think. It essentially like goes into like the history of UFOs and they like touch on that fact that like planes were um, uh, experimented on in that region, but also the description of UFO sightings and UFOs in general um, have been pretty similar and consistent for like over a hundred years. Um, and it's hard to, I guess, explain or believe that experimental military aircraft are going to look the exact same, like over a hundred years. And not even just um, over the past hundred years, like going back, like, into like the early, I think it was the Mayan civilization have some like documented painting or something depicting um, a UFO that is similar to the ones that um, were caught on video that the military released um, this past year or whenever they did. Um, so like all that being said, I think UFOs are definitely real and uh the universe is way too big for us to be just alone on our little planet. Yeah. yeah I believe that too. One to ten, how ridiculous is this theory? And we're still going off of like that aliens are in Area 51 or just that yeah. aliens and UFOs? Okay. Oh. Alien 51. Alien 51. Area 51. Alien <laughs> Same difference. And, like, also, like, since there's so much, like, publicity and, like, hype around Area 51, do you think the military and the government would still actually house, like, their super secret stuff, like, alien bodies in there? Or do you think they'd move it to, like, another more secret um, no, it's probably unknown like lab? Hidden somewhere under the, the Mall of America or something. <laughs> yeah. At this yeah. point, yeah, I... like, it mean so much. It's so much exposure. It's, like, even if it was true at some point, it's, like, everybody knows. So, it's, like, why would you? Yeah. Or they have kept them there because all of us are like, and eh, there's no way <laughs> they're gonna keep them at Area 51. Hiding in yeah. sight, I guess. Was <laughs> it last year when there was that Facebook like group or Facebook event like Storm Area 51? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. last year. Yeah, I'm sure they definitely moved them after that if they still had them there. Yeah. <laughs> One to ten. Uh, I'll say probably like a six or seven, just because, like, like I just said, like, since Area Fifty One is like so popular, I highly doubt the military is going to keep like super secret stuff there. But you or think that they probably could have at some point? Yeah, yeah, at some point, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. What about how likely you think it is? Because the first one's how ridiculous. Now it's how likely that it's an actual possibility. That there's some truth in it, I should say, I guess. Uh, that they were there at some point, probably like an eight or nine. Yeah. That they're there that. now, like a two or three maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a third one. It's called the North Dakota Safeguard Complex. So basically, there's a pyramid in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota where the actual address isn't unknown, but there's photo of it for sure in uh, the Library of Congress, so it's real. It was built as an anti-missile defense system in the 70s, but has since been shut down. 
So the conspiracy lies on whether or not it's still there and what it's actually used for. This, um, <laughs> I actually looked this up on YouTube and there's actually a recent video of some guy actually going like onto the premises of this now like and recording stuff. And um, at some point, like the current property owner came up and like chased him off, but he still got some good footage. Um, I think now it's a farm actually. And um, whatever like the government entities that is, is responsible, like the um, like the national uh, monuments and stuff. I think they're trying to make that like a national historical attraction. Oh, so yeah. I think it's definitely still there because it was originally like yeah, like an anti-missile defense system. Um, but like halfway through them building it and like bringing it online, I think Congress got scared because uh, it was so expensive. So they kind of mm. bailed, and they were going to make I think two or three more in other parts of the country, but again, they are just so expensive that they couldn't um, really build it. So the main conspiracy, isn't it like that they thought that there's a conspiracy that like, if they're like in terms of like, if there was imminent danger that that there's like a bunker for all like political people or something like that, or is that a different theory? Is that somewhere else? It might be one of them. For me, it's just like, why is it sh in the shape of a pyramid? That was like the weird part about it. And yeah. I think it was supposedly it went online for like a day, and then afterwards is when they shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> supposedly. Maybe pyramids are like very structurally sound. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. I mean, triangles are the strongest shape, right? Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, I think like three legs on a chair is actually more stable than four or something like that. Really? Because hmm. I think like, I think it's easier to like talk you know, four. This is like, think about sitting on a stool with three legs. I feel like it's kind of hard to like, I'm just making stuff up. I'm not a physics person. <laughs> I don't know anything about shapes and geom <laughs> geometry. I almost said geography. Goodness gracious. I mean, they're also just cool to look at. So it could just be an aesthetic yeah. reason too. That is true. I wonder why people are so drawn to pyramids. It's probably just because the stability of the shape, but it's just crazy. It's like, why? I don't know. Maybe my brain just can't understand why it's so specific the shape. And in yeah, North Dakota, I think, too. North Dakota. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like triangles or at least pyramids have just been like, there's so many conspiracy theories about like, even just like, you know, the Great Pyramids. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm that I feel like they've just become the symbol of like almost like otherworldly, right? Cause like 1984 and that book, one of like the three big pyramids are like where big brother houses. They're like, uh, what is it? Like the center of love or whatever, where like they were the three main like political buildings and they were all like giant triangle or pyramids. So I feel like it's just like a running motif that it's like a sense of power or something. So. Hmm. Or maybe they ten. really are just structurally sound. <laughs> maybe they are structurally sound, yeah. One out of ten. How ridiculous is this? Um, I don't know. That's not really... You'd give it a what? I'd give it like a two because it's the structure itself. Is yeah. Good, but it's just like the... I don't know, the allegations and like all the things that people attribute to it. 
might not be. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'll give it like a one or two as well. Because again, it's like it's privately owned now. And yeah. if it was like some super secret thing, the government would probably not let it be owned by just some random guy. All right, that one, we can't do the other rating because we know for sure it's a real thing. We just yeah. don't know like <laughs> all the other stuff that people say about it. Yeah. Um, do you want to do number four, Lucy? Uh, yeah, so this one is Yellowstone's imminent eruption. So um, there's no solid evidence that shows that Yellowstone will erupt, but it's been known to erupt in irregular instances. Um, hydrothermal explosions are very small, so they can occur in Yellowstone National Park every few years and form a crater a few meters across. So every few thousand years, a hydrothermal explosion will form and create like a much bigger crater that's like a few hundred meters across. So, yeah, it says though the worst case scenario for a giant Yellowstone eruption is indeed bad and could have global implications. Most past eruptions at Yellowstone were not highly explosive. Um, and that's from the United States Geological Survey. So I guess the theory is that it's like going to erupt soon, not so much like how bad it's going to be if it does erupt. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. All that stuff that you said right now is like official information that I gathered from their website. But mm -hmm. I remember hearing the theory that I had on it at first was just like the scale of the actual explosion that they say it could happen uh... is like across the continent like that's how bad mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like it's supposed well. to just drown the whole continent in lava or something <laughs> supposedly it seems yes yeah, it's, it's the ash that would really screw things up too because um not only would that like kill like plant life and stuff but it would also make the soil inhospitable to grow things for like years and years and years so even if people do survive like the initial eruption, like they're not going to survive in the continent because you can't grow any food. Yeah. So, yeah, if it did explode, like I don't think our would survive in its current state. Yeah, I think I just don't know enough about like Yellowstone eruptions, like, um, like, like hydrothermal explosions. I just don't get it, right? Like, I feel like we've learned about volcanoes a lot because it's like, you know, with Pompeii and how, like, mm -hmm. you could literally see the ash and cloud from, like, you know, a thousand miles away and that it had, like, ecological effects. But, like, with, like, geysers and stuff, I just, what kind of, like, what kind of impact have geysers had in the past? Like, I feel like, you know, there's probably some soil and ash and stuff that come out, but is it as bad as, like, a volcanic explosion or is it almost just like does it just like pitter out because it almost sounds like the worst part of the explosion isn't like what comes out of it but rather the like crater that forms after it happens so i just what like... is a geyser isn't geyser just like a pocket of water like above ground that's been boiling forever yeah, yeah. i think well i mean then again i don't i'm not an expert on the on yellowstone at all but I think like, the super volcano and stuff like under Yellowstone is what makes the geysers because it like superheats the waters, like the water holes mm -hmm. in the area, which creates yeah. the geysers. Then again, I'm just talking on my ass. I don't know. I'm not an expert. So take that with a grain of salt or a few. So I guess I never realized. I think I'm getting Yellowstone and what's the other one with all the geysers? 
I think I'm getting it confused with Yosemite. Maybe. I guess I didn't realize that Yellowstone was like volcano. In my head, Yellowstone was where are all the geysers. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> okay. Another thing that I read was supposedly there's like a big pocket of lava, like the size of like it was some state. I think it was Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like that's how big it is under there. Yeah. But I mean, there's lava anywhere, like under the earth. But supposedly there's like a pocket of it, just like pressurized or something. I think that's the conspiracy. It's just that pocket that may or may not be there. Okay. Okay, so I I was right, but I was thinking about Old Faithful. So Old Faithful uh, is a geyser that erupts in Yellowstone. Mm. So I think I was thinking that it was the geyser eruption, but I didn't really ever know that it was that there was lava under it and that's why it which makes sense, like why the water would heat up and explode out. So mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, number five is the mysteries of Denver International Airport. <laughs> Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Go for it. Oh, wait, did we do the one, one to ten? One to ten, how ridiculous is that for Yellowstone? Um, one for me. Because, I mean, like, I mean, there's evidence that, that the was there, um, and if it did erupt, like in a like massive fashion, it would be a, a doomsday scenario, at least for North America. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how big it is compared to like the one in like Vesuvius or whatever, but it seems like that was a worldwide, like everything changed because of it. So I think if it erupted and it was big enough, it could definitely be a detriment to the u.s but Mm -hmm. i feel like it would have global impact so i i don't know i think it's a little ridiculous like i don't know that it's gonna happen i feel like we have technology to know but at the same time i don't know that i trust anything anymore because i feel like every time something bad happens a month later some random other bad thing happened that i wasn't expecting so you know maybe this is on the 2021 bingo card (laughs) oh my god you already bring us that bad juju (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right next one remember uh what was i saying the mysteries of denver denver international airport all right so first mm-hmm. of all officials of the airport play along with the theories that people come up with due to the weird symbols found in the airport which are actually i think references or at least the uh, callbacks the navajo scripture so that one isn't as weird as just like people don't get it or whatever um, then there's weird statues, including Lucifer, which is a blue horse <laughs> whose creator died during construction. Uh, a part of the foot fell on him and he died. Um, oh, and then there's speculation that the airport was built by the New World Order. And there's a time capsule with Freemason symbols on the property. And then the tunnels underground between the concourses. Concourses? <laughs> is that how it's called? Concourses, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. Yeah. There's tunnels in- underground, like, connecting them. And then... I think this is the background of it. In June 1979, a man using the pseudonym R.C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company. Oh, no. Are you sure this isn't the next one? I just numbered them wrong. Whoops. But anyways, yeah, there's a whole (laughs) bunch of different weird theories about the airport. And, well, they don't really die down because they kind of... I think it was that thing with, like, we said with Area 51 that, like, just people already say stuff about it. 
at that point is like they just kind of play along with it just because there's mm-hmm. so much of it and it's like so ridiculous like the freemason no the new world order thing people say that like the actual structure the structure of it is supposed to resemble a swastika which it doesn't <laughs> but yeah like that's how crazy people get with the theories about this airport Yeah, um, and like Lucifer, like okay, I'll, I'll give the guy credit. Like that's a pretty cool name, Lucifer. But yeah. like to have that greeting you as you come into the airport, like have you guys seen the pictures of it? The giant blue horse with like red glowing red eyes at night. Like no. that's that's some demonic shit. Um, but I have a kind of a, a weird uh, tangent. Um, the whole like New World Order thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually a descendant. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm actually a descendant of a Freemason. Um, my great grandfather was a Freemason, um, and like the way he talked about it, um, like going to the Masonic Lodge and stuff, it was just like a place for dudes to just like hang out and like go fishing and hunting together. Like there was no like secret society ulterior motives and stuff. Um, but it still is like kind of kind of culty, um, because you have to get like initiated into it, like it's an invite invite only type thing. But it's I don't think it's like the um, like the secret globalist new world order thing that you know people make it out to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a side a side note. But um, as far as like the swastika thing, if you look at like um, the airport on Google. Uh, not maps, um, Google Earth. If you like mm-hmm. zoom out far enough, like, and you look at the the runways, not the building itself, but the runways. The runways are what make like a kind of swastika shape. Like it's it looks like a like fourth grader drew it, but um, you can kind of see some elements of a, of a swastika, which I mean mm. probably was not intentional, but um, yeah, it's still kind of weird that it's there. Yeah. yeah. The, so I, I was looking it up because I was sure that one of these theories was about like secret bunkers. So for the Denver International Airport, not the North Dakota Safeguard Complex, the Denver Airport is the one that the like tunnels underground. Some people say that there are like bunkers down there. There's theories that like, you know, lizard people and aliens are the ones that um, made them but then this is also the one where it says like it could be like a safe place for the world's elite during the apocalypse so this is the one that has the bunkers underground for Mm. you know um and then there's also i'm looking at an article now that says that the artwork is supposedly provides clues about the end of the world so and Mm. yeah some of the art pieces are very odd it's like i don't understand why this is what you chose to put in the airport but okay (laughs) um yeah so some of these eerie artwork included murals by artist leo tanguma which some believe have alleged nazi imagery in the murals as proof that the airport is somehow linked to fascist secret society so yeah, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of weird stuff going on, and it is true. It seems like the people that run the airport are like, yeah, let's just keep going with it. <laughs> I think it's just like the choice of it. it's just so weird. Like an airport, you wouldn't think that's where I want to put my fucking Nazi symbolism or something. <laughs> you know? Like it's obviously. I mean, I guess. Weird, but it, yeah. it, it just, just kind of looks weird. Like I saw a painting of a soldier with a big ass sword, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it's an airport. Like, I don't know, choose better decor or something. It's just an odd choice for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess it is, you know, it's an international airport. So if you want to get your word out, might as well put it somewhere where there's a lot of people traveling through. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm looking at that same picture and it's very odd. Um, there's like a rainbow coming out of the guy's like, he has a skirt on and the, I don't know. It, there's a gun in one hand, a giant sword in the other, a like child quivering under the sword and there's a dove and there's a derelict building. It, it's very odd. Um, <laughs> so I can see why there might be some conspiracy theories around the place. I mean, it is Colorado, so the artist is probably fucking stoned as shit while he was making all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo Tenguma, if you're alive and listening, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> really wrecked you on that one. So. <laughs> yeah. Give me a one to ten. Um, I mean, as far as like the Nazi stuff, like yeah, the the artwork's weird, and like it's kind of strange that the um, the like uh, runaways are kind of making a, some what of a swastika. But if you're gonna make like a secret society base, like why are you gonna make it in a place that has so much foot traffic? Um, but then again, like in a, like end of the world scenario, and you got to get everywhere, everyone to like one spot quickly and international airport is probably a pretty good bet um Mm -hmm. because it's like such a major like hub for uh transit but i mean anyways yeah i I think it's pretty pretty crazy that this is even a conspiracy so i'd probably give that like an eight Mm, that's pretty high number what do you think uh lucy I don't know. I think like at first when you were talking about, it, I wasn't sure, but like the more I look at, it, I feel like I'm right at the, because you know when you learn about a new theory at first, you're like, oh no, and then you like read into it more, and you're like, oh my gosh, this kind of makes sense. But then there's the like <laughs> third stage when you do more research, and you're like, okay, no, I'm crazy. I feel like I'm in phase two where I'm kind of like, I don't know, it's pretty <laughs> weird. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, give me give me another couple days, and I'll get back to you on whether I think it's completely ridiculous or not. Um, so I don't know in terms of ridiculous I I think it's a it's a three I don't think it's that ridiculous it seems like something weird is going on and maybe it's like you said maybe it's just Colorado and they've just had a bunch of weird stuff and people are reading into it so <laughs> yeah it's yeah. weird um, I have the thing numbered whenever I click enter it turns into a two it's supposed to be a six uh, you do the next one Okay, so this is Georgia guidelines. We have a note that says, "1979, a man using the name R.C. Christian approached the Elberton Grant Company on behalf of a small group of loyal friends and questioned the structure." Christian explained that the stones would function a compass, calendar, and clock, and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. Joe Findlay of Elberton Granite assumed that Christian was a nut and attempted to discourage him by providing a quote <laughs> for the commission, which was several times higher than any project the company had previously taken, explaining that the Guidestones... Oh, it says Georgia Guidestones. That makes a lot more sense. The theory is Guidestones, not Guidelines. 
explaining that the guidestones would require additional tools and consultants. To Finley's surprise, Christian accepted the quote. When arranging payment, Christian said he, that he represented a group which had been planning to, the guidestones for 20 years and which wanted to remain anonymous. Um, and this is controversial because it supports eugenics. Real quick, um, so the guide stones are the actual rocks themselves, but the guidelines are the instructions that are on the stones, which I have listed oh, right there. Okay, so here are the the guidelines. So maintain humanity under 500 million, wait, 500. It is that. Yeah, yeah million. Yes, 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity. Okay, I get the eugenics now. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony within the infinite, and be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. I don't know if that was meant to be written twice. It is twice. Wow. So that... apparently these are written across, I think there was four of them, four stones, okay. and they're in like 12 major languages. It's funny because they want to unite humanity with a living new language. Which to me means mm-hmm. getting rid of the old languages. Well, the purpose of these stones is... Like after this is supposed to be like after a nuclear event or something like that, just to have something mm-hmm. to go back on. That's, okay. That's what they're quote unquote for. That's think? interesting because uh, so there was this theory I saw on TikTok. I think that it wasn't so much a theory, but like an explanation for what could happen. If you think about it, there are still societies today on Earth that are like untouched by us. So if there was some global catastrophic event completely wiped out, continued on with their evolution the way that we have, and they start to, you know, get technology, start exploring, whatever, and they find our remnants, they're going to be like, whoa, this society was so advanced. How did it happen? Is it aliens? Because that's kind of how we look at like Mayan society and like the Egyptian society and like even talking about Helen Keller, where we were like, there's no way she could exist because that was a hundred years ago when it's like, I know we have more technology now, but have we really advanced so much that a hundred years really does anything? So like having these stones be like the last potentially last remnants of us is kind of crazy, right? Because this could be what either the people already on earth or aliens or whatever comes and finds it this could be what they think our society was like. So that's kind of genius, really. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Yeah. uh, This has nothing to do with anything, but just another, just more information. (laughs) They bought this land off some farmer to put the stones in, and then they gave them the rights to just keep grazing in the area. But that's a lot of money that's going into it. I think it was like, a, a good amount of acres just for that land and then you know all the money they paid for those stones mm-hmm. uh you keep going i'm gonna look up how big they are actually because now i want to know okay well my question now is like is 
any part of the theory that the, you know, 20 anonymous people that built this are the ones that are going to like create the end of the world, you know, is this part of it? Yeah. Like they did this because they think, oh, you know, or they know that the world's going to end soon. Hint, hint. So let's make these stones on this random plot of land. Um, as the only thing that survives. I mean, it's been a while since they were made. It's they were made in the eighties. It's uh, they're nineteen feet three inches tall. Whoa! Six granite slabs. And if Whoa, they're made in the eighties, that's 80s, gotta be crazy. Eighties, like another thing that we have to consider when thinking about them is like the state of world affairs. Like that was during the high. Nuclear annihilation was like an everyday like fear for some mm. people, for a lot of people. So um, yeah, they could have just been a bunch of crazy rich guys, or they could have been like actual higher ups that, or not higher ups, but like some sort of social or political elites that that want to create this. But um, it definitely has some kookiness to it, like guide reproduction wisely, like wisely according to who, keep the population under 500 million. Um, like whoever made this is definitely crazy. Yeah, I like the first one was like, uh, okay, 500 million, that's a very random number. But then the second one being guide reproduction wisely and proving fitness mm -hmm. and diversity, that just, I do not like that at all. Mm -hmm. That very much gives me bad vibes <laughs> mm. some of them are kind of like okay personal rights with social duties that one kind of makes sense right because it's like i try to make sense of any of these because i don't know enough of the context to know that i should be talking about this in any sort of positive light considering the second one was about eugenics so <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that yeah. as where it is <laughs> uh another one is there's actually a slab on the floor with instructions on it. Um, most of it's just like astronomical stuff, like how to read like a sundial, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, the author, the sponsors, supposedly there's a time capsule that was buried six feet under it, but it doesn't have an open date. It says to be opened on, and then it's just left blank. <laughs> um, and then there's like one with the physical data of like how much, how tall the stones are, how high they are blah 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 all those different specifications and then the languages and all that stuff it tells you in what order each language is and then they're in is the all of that language. written in all of the other languages or is it all written in english if it was in the middle of america hmm. it's in english and then it says the four outer stones are oriented to mark the limits of the 18.6 year lunar declination cycle Whatever that means. And then there's a hole drilled at an angle from one side to the other through which can be seen the North Star. <laughs> That's weird that they have so much weird, very specific stuff on it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. That's that <laughs> one. I think. Yeah. The last one I'll do. All right. The last one of mine. And then it's you completely. Okay. You take gotcha. over. I can take it over. Focus. You're the you're the star of the show. <laughs> Number seven is chemtrails. And chemtrails specifically refer to the theory that governments or other parties are engaged in secret in a secret program to add toxic chemicals to the atmosphere from an aircraft 
in a way that forms visible, visible plumes from the sky, somewhat similar to contrails. Various different motivations for this alleged spraying are speculated, including sterilization, reduction of life expectancy, and mind control or weather control. Um, so I feel like anything that's in the sky that's producing a trail behind it has some toxic chemicals in it anyway, you know, just because of like jet fuel or whatever. Yeah. Um, not to think that the government's doing this to sterilize us or for mind control. I don't think so. Weather control. I feel like it would be accidental. Right. Like if you pollute the air, the weather patterns will change. So I don't think it's intentional, but I think weather control could be a potential possibility that's happening with these, like, you know, having pollution come from the sky into the sky. Yeah, it'd just be a byproduct I, for that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, I, I look this um chemtrails, like yeah, seeing an airplane flying in the sky and like trails behind it it's like oh that's weird but um the explanation i saw you know i read on read online was that airplanes are so high in the sky to where it's like so much colder than um it is like on like the surface level on the uh, ground level i should say um and whenever the air travels through their the turbine engines it gets like superheated because you know the engines are moving really fast and it's a big um airplane so um, the air getting expelled out the back of those engines is going to be superheated, and then it uh, mixes with that um, cold air, so that creates those um, vapor trails that um, that follow the airplanes. Um, that seems like a much more, I guess, reasonable explanation <laughs> to me. But I mean, who knows? Maybe it could just be a government um, cover-up to explain it away. I mean, I think it makes sense too because it's just like like if it's a cold day and you breathe, you can see your breath. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very cold in the upper atmosphere or wherever planes fly the twenty thousand feet or whatever. So I could see mm-hmm. that hot air being blown out like you breathe into cold air would make um, fog trails. <laughs> yeah, I want to like know like is our quote-unquote chemtrails more um, prevalent like in winter times um, and if they are then that would be further evidence to suggest that it's um, an issue of hot air mixing with the cold air of the uh, upper not atmosphere but the you know the sky <laughs> yeah I'm I'm wondering because I I wish I had done that part of science because I think it's really interesting but like I don't know how much the like atmosphere around us changes in like temperature based on like our winter, you know, cause like how much does the sun in those different times, like summer versus winter affect anything <laughs> further than like, you know, the part of the atmosphere that we are in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, does it actually get any colder in the winter or is it kind of like a somewhat steady temperature? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say I got I got a couple things to say on the subject. Okay. I would say there's a whole bunch of different variables that we'd have to consider in order to measure out like whether or not, you know, it affects it in the way that we think it does. And then also in my experience, there's been certain days where I just see so much of it, but on the other ones I notice like the same amount of traffic on the airplanes, but they don't 
show up as well. And what mm-hmm. I'm thinking now is like maybe it has to do with like the the amount of altitude that they're at. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're not high enough to like where they produce the the vapor. So it's like there's a lot of things where I would have to like actually like sit down and like count out all the variables so I can be like, all right, maybe it is just this, or maybe like <laughs> it's too suspicious for me to say so far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, because um, I'm thinking, yeah, it's definitely up. There's been some days where I noticed there are just way too many in the sky, and then other days it's completely clear. Like I have photos but- where I just happen to take a picture. And there's, like, mm-hmm. at least 10 to 15 that I count. <laughs> Is it also, like, dependent on the type of plane? Because whenever I think of seeing, oh, yeah. like, the smoke... I think it's bigger planes. You know, usually. jets? Because uh, I thought it was, like, the go In really fast. Cause it was, that's what it's been. Like, mm-hmm. a passenger plane? I feel like I don't... ...on those. Yeah. You know, once... I have the sky, I feel like you can't really tell what kind of plane it is unless... Really yeah. well. and I don't so I don't <laughs> yeah. what do you think one to ten but, uh, I, I don't believe it yeah no I think it's like a nine like maybe there's some you know something about it where it's like you know it does produce chemicals in the sky so maybe it does make the atmosphere less inhabitable but not in a way that it's the government trying to sterilize us or something yeah remember it's one to ten how ridiculous is we're dropping oh so yeah in in ten yeah ten (laughs) your turn lucy take it away okay so i've got three one the first one is the philadelphia experiment so background on this Um, There was a military experiment, so supposedly in October 28, 1943, there was a military experiment by the U.S. Navy on the USS Eldridge, so a boat um, or a destroyer escort to be specific, that was rendered invisible by enemy devices. So the theory is that, like the beginning of the theory, because it gets wilder throughout the years, is that in 1943, there was a boat that turned invisible. So to, to add to it, and I did quite a bit of research on this because I just, it, 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 I went down this rabbit hole because, so that was 1943. In 1955, Jessup, who is like an author that wrote a book called The Case of the UFO. So just, you know, write, wrote about aliens. He received a letter from Carlos Miguel Alande or Carl M. Allen. He also went by um, that the experiment that he saw with his eyes was that it not only turned invisible, it was then teleported to New York, teleported to another dimension that had aliens, teleported through time. Some sailors died in the process. And when they came back, some of them were even fused with the hull of the boat. So that was 1955. Then in 1957, the Office of Naval Research or the ONR received a parcel of Jessup's book. So, um, the case for the UFO that was in an envelope that just said happy Easter. (laughs) And when they opened it, the book was annotated in three different pink inks in what looked like people having a conversation in like the, you know, the sides of the book talking about how there were two different types of 
aliens in space and that it was like essentially people that I guess had like either witnessed it or been a part of this experiment. Um, but so then the ONR called up Jessup and was like, uh, so we just received this weird version of your book. Do you know what this is? Um, and so the author was like, uh, yeah, so that's definitely the handwriting of one person using three different pens. Um, and it's the crazy person that wrote me a letter back in, you know, two years ago. So it was, he confirmed and later it was confirmed by like, you know, people that actually know typography or whatever that, um, this Carl Miguel, whatever guy, um, just wrote in the sides of the book to try to prove his theory. Um, and then to just make matters worse for this poor like author that was just trying to talk about aliens, he was so unsuccessful that in 1959, he committed suicide. <laughs> um, so it just got worse for that guy. And then in 1963, so mind you, this experiment technically took place 20 years prior. In 1963, there was a book that was written that like recounted the events in this like Vero edition. So the Vero edition is this like, you know, writ edition. Then in, there was another book written and then talking about this like modern transmission technology that the Navy was building. Um, and then there was another book called in 79 called the um, Philadelphia Experiment Project Invisible. And they it's like this big long book stating that all of this was factual and they had interviews which were later debunked and then in 84 there was a film that was loosely based on some of the key points of this theory and then in 1990 a guy named alfred bellock said that he was like a former crew member for this boat backed up the movie version and even added his own stories <laughs> so this Jesus. is like a 50 year period of this um, disappearing invisible boat. So, yeah. Um, you went very deep with this. I went like six feet deep. I was trying <laughs> to stop that invisible boat fusing people. Well, because like it, 30 stories in. It just kept getting crazier. <laughs> like, it, not only did this happen in 1943, but in 1990, stuff was happening. Oh, and then in 2008, there was another book that mentioned this um, Townshend Brown guy. There was a naval technician, and that was the guy that was mentioned in that, like, factual version from 1979. So it was, like, they literally found out later on that this man that was on day was, like, a, had a psychiatric illness and had pretty much fabricated the whole thing. But somehow, 50 years later, people are still writing books and continuing to try to bring the legend to um, reality. So... Yeah. Um, one of the things that I liked about this was it was cool because I could then go back and look at, um, you know, with some of these theories, I feel like if we don't know the original sort of notes on the event that happened, we can't really go back and say why this is kind of like ridiculous. Um, but looking into, and honestly, most of this was just from Wikipedia that like some of the evidence is that, um, there was this technique called degaussing, I think it's called, that would make ships um, undetectable to magnetic mines. So some people believe that people just read the notes from the naval base and interpreted it incorrectly as like they made it undetectable to enemy ships by making it invisible. And then um, when the sailors came back and they were like nauseous from the supposed like alien encounter, time travel, whatever, 
they said, you know, they were sick and people were like, well, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you describe that? Like, how do you make sense of that? And there was like some sort of high frequency Corona discharge that had been done nearby, which I don't know what that means, but I think it's just like a high frequency sound probably. Um, but then no one was sick after it. So people probably were just like, oh, well, you know, they, they got sick because there was high frequencies from the transportation through space and time. Um, and yeah, there's also logs from the ship that say that the boat was like in the middle of the ocean doing a like routine checkup and people are like, oh, well, you know, those, those logs were falsified and th the boat really was in New York when it was supposed to be. And then the final one I found was that, um, there was an actual like pathway in the Chesapeake Bay that you could get from like Philadelphia to Norfolk within a day, but it wasn't used by anyone other than the Navy. So the fact that the ship got there in a day is ridiculous to everyone else. But the Navy was like, yeah, we just used a like passageway that no one else has access to. So that's why we got there so quickly. So, yeah. Um, I think when I was writing my notes, I was getting getting very interested and invested. So I feel like I sort of ruined the how ridiculous is it, but it still <laughs> seems like people believe it. So I don't know. Yeah. One to ten? <laughs> uh, <laughs> ten, I guess. Cause I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's an uh, open closed thing. You got like, you have a pretty yeah. thorough investigation. It sounds like, I mean, yeah. whenever I was, like, listening along, like, the first thing that I thought of was, like, oh, they probably didn't mean it was actually invisible. They probably just were saying it was invisible to, like, enemy radar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And people back then were, like, oh, it's invisible to the naked eye. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I can see that. Okay. Uh, when I do the next two, I'll make it more um, open to interpretation and less okay. hear the uh, facts. Uh, before you start, number mm -hmm. nine, I'm gonna let me do the <laughs> intro. Number nine is basically the theory of like the reptilian elite. Mm -hmm. um, I think I covered some of this when I did like my second episode about the mm -hmm. uh, you know lizard people. But there's there's definitely if you look into the wrong versions of this theory, there's a lot of like anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. oh. People will attribute like the lizard people to like apparently like it's like a euphemism for like jewish people and stuff. Oh. so if you go in the wrong you know there's different versions of this some of them are like anti-semite i guess the word is Semitic, and then some yeah. of them are just like it's just random you know like lizards but yeah just keep okay. that in mind if you look it up for yourself you know you might get some weird shit about that yeah okay go ahead that's luckily not the part not the side of the internet i was on so i'm glad because <laughs> this good. is Anyway, so the reptilian elite theory, for those who didn't see that other episode, um, which was that there are 15-foot-tall lizard aliens from the Alpha Draconis star system that can shapeshift into humans, um, and that the reason that they're here is they want to, like, take us over, they create wars for their own entertainment, they want to enslave us, all of that. And so this theory was sort of popularized by this guy i don't know whether it's david ick or ike i'm gonna say ike um in 1998 with his book the biggest secret um 
Yeah. So it's this theory that a lot of sort of famous people are actually aliens and that they're here just to control us. And yeah, so some of the things, so some of the famous people are most of the royal family, specifically Queen Elizabeth. She was mentioned in literally every article I read. She was like the, this is a lizard person. It's Queen Elizabeth. Um, Then there was some like political people. So like the Bushes, Obama, Bill Clinton, um, a lot of celebrities, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Madonna, Angelina Jolie, Michael Jackson. And then, of course, one of the people that I feel like is most famous is also the Zuck. So Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so they there's the theory that like these lizard people came back in like our ancient times and they controlled ancient civilizations. And then they actually bred with humans so they could fuse their DNA with ours and infiltrate our minds. Um, So some of the evidence that people bring up are that the developing embryo looks like a reptile, um, that when we talk about like our primal, like earliest parts of our brain, um, they call it the reptilian brain um, because we do have a brain stem and cerebellum, which is all that reptiles have. Um, And that ancient civilizations, a lot of them have like reptile gods and this supports Ike's theory about them, you know, ruling freely and sort of maybe even creating the pyramids, which again, the pyramids are somehow always related. Um, I also saw a theory that like Illuminati and Freemasons were also run by um, aliens. And then um, there was also an interview in 2017 in Australia with Justin Bieber, where if you watch his eyes, they suddenly like shudder and look like, you know, they're sideways and reptilian. Um, and so people are like, that's it. He's, he's gotta be a reptile. Um, and apparently 12 million Americans still believe this theory. So, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reptilian elite. <laughs> I love how the evidence for these are always like some like gas, like footage. Um, it's like they're <laughs> recording their TV of some like CNN broadcast and it's like <laughs> Hillary Clinton's eye twitches and it's like, oh, she must be a reptile when in reality it's just their crappy connection. The yeah. video all messed up. And like Zuckerberg, because he was just, you know, nervous and not blinking, they're like, he didn't He's blink an for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's an android, not a reptile. Yeah. You know who is the reptile? Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Why? <laughs> He just look, he just doesn't look right. He looks like a reptile. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he looks like a reptile. I feel like we talked about that in our other episode when we were trying to, you know, name the characters in your book. Because it was oh, like yeah. him and like Tilda Swinton and there's I quite a few actors that just have that like look about them. That's... I actually like her though. Mm-hmm. Him I only really like is Doctor Strange. But anyways, um yeah. One to ten. Ten. 10 again yeah i don't buy it yeah i think so i again science brain was like let's look into this so there was a an article that was like the psychology of extraordinary beliefs and so one of the big things that can describe not only this but quite a few of the theories out there and like conspiracy theories is cognitive cognitive dissonance which is essentially like you have two different differing opinions in your brain and you're trying to wrap your head around both of them and so this one has to do with like people wanting to believe that we are inherently good so the only way that we can wrap our minds around that is that we just blame war on another species completely and it's like we're good 
the ones that are bad are the alien people. Oh. Like, okay. Um, and then the other thing that happens with these conspiracy theories is like they make it to where things they say just can't be negated. So like in this one specifically with the like alien or not alien, the lizard DNA being mixed with ours. So it's like the reptiles can control our minds so they can make us see them as humans which is this like confirmation bias. So like anything that could be evidence for them is true. And anything that's not is like, oh, that's, you know, that's just a one-off. Like that's not true. And so I just think it's so crazy that things like this happen. And then it's really just like people trying to in their lives that they don't want to believe is true. So, yeah. Um, okay. So this last one is Bohemian Grove, which... I hadn't really heard about, and I don't know any specific, like, bad con- Nothing I found was super, like... There was a couple of different, like, instances within it, but okay. So, Bohemian Grove is this campground in Monterio, California, that is a private gentleman's club um, known as the Bohemian Club. Ooh. And that it's... So, it said gentleman's club, but really it's, like, a man club. So it's um, all-male membership that includes artists and musicians, as well as many prominent business leaders, government officials, U.S. presidents, um, you know, media executives, people of power, CEOs, scientists, whatever. Um, and essentially, membership by like being invited to this club, and then for two weeks, specifically in the year, they do like a July, like two-week sort of summer camp. And what they do there is it's supposed to be this, like, they have a motto called weaving spiders come not here, which essentially means like there's no networking, no business deals. Everything's left outside. We're just men being men. Um, And then like you're allowed to invite guests, but like any women or children or minor guests in general have to be off the property by 9 p.m. Um, if you're in there for 40 years, you become like an old guard. Um, and so that's sort of like the general sort of, you know, somewhat realistic. Like I could see that being a thing. Um, but then what happens again, once you go deeper into this is like one of the things that happened is in 1942 in September, apparently enough like elite people like Ernest Lawrence, who um, he did the like, he made the cyclotron, which is like a particle accelerator that him and a couple other people that were at this one specific, like July midsummer hijinks event. Um, they actually came up with like the atomic bomb. So (laughs) yeah, just like it went from zero to 60 real quick. Um, (laughs) and then there's some other stuff that happens where there's this like, grove play so every year there's a play that gets put on and there's one part of the play that's called the cremation of care and so it was originally like at the beginning of this two weeks but then was later in the second part of the two weeks and this is where it gets kind of weird because it's this play that they put on and it was like sort of different every year like whoever hosted it was different but it's an exercising of the demon to ensure the success of the ensuing two weeks. And so it originally started as this like, uh, 
1893, there was a part that was added called Sacrifice in the Forest that was supposed to talk about, like, it was a play between brotherly love and Christianity and, like, beating out pagans. And at the end of it, they do this sort of, like, you know, fire effigy where they, like, burn this pile of stuff and, like, you know, do, I think, like, a Viking funeral into this, like, man-made lake that's there. And... So, like, some people say that there's, like, satanic rituals that go on behind the scenes, um, you know, with the whole, like, minors and women not being allowed after, like, 9 or 10 p.m. That's kind of weird. And the encampment itself started as just, like, this man club called the Bohemian Club that there was, like, less than 100 of them. And they just, like, literally went out in the woods in 1878 and then by 1893, they had, like, rented out this whole area. And, like, every year they just bought more land. So it's, like, 164 acres with, like, a bunch of plots of land on it and houses. And it just seems very weird. Like, the security is very, like, it's, like, top secret. Um, it's ex-military personnel. Like, it just got weird, like, culty vibes. Um mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I found out about it. Um, aside from this, like, cremation of care um, and sort of, like, some weird, like, symbols that are around. Like, there's this 30-foot owl statue that the cremation of care ceremony happens near. Um, yeah, it just, it seems like one of those weird things that, like, shouldn't exist, but probably does. And, like... There's a quote from, um, I think, Richard Nixon that says, like, that talks about the Bohemian Grove. And, like, Herbert Hoover became one of the old guards, so he'd been part of it for, like, 40 years. So, I don't know. It seems like you're probably not going to get a list of everyone that's in it. But if you know a famous man, he might be a part of this club. And then, randomly, for two weeks, all of these famous and rich people meet up and get together like i don't know what they do like it sounds like it's supposed to be like a we're carefree you know the the you know society can't hold us down when we hear there are like protests that went on in the 80s for people that weren't in it that were like you guys should be working not having a carefree day like get out of there and start doing your work men <laughs> um so i don't know it I'm still not sure if it's real. I'll be honest. I don't know. It, it seems like it maybe is, but I don't know what it is. Like, it doesn't, it's very not particular about what actually happens for those two weeks. Like, is it just them sitting around drinking? It's been called a gentleman's club before. So, you know, take that as you will. Um, they're supposed to be carefree. So, you know, get a group of men together. What does carefree mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, Bohemian Grove. I mean, there's um, not a room for interpretation there. It's like, we won't know until, you know, someone knows, you know? Yeah. So, I don't It know. sounds like a country club, but just, like, more exclusive to me. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too deep into this, but, like, with all, like, the stuff that came out, like, in the past, like, few years about, like, Epstein's Island and stuff, like, mm -hmm. that Bohemian Grove is... Like, I'm getting those kinds of vibes. Like, there's probably yeah. some kind of furious mm -hmm. and debaucherous going down. And f especially if they have, like, you know, former military guards and stuff. I mean, granted, that could also just be because they have, like, presidents famous. and yeah. famous people there and stuff. 
but I mean, yeah, having women and children gone by 9 p.m. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't like it. It's, it's not for their bedtime. It's not for the old guy's bedtime. Like, there's something else going on. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah. And like, I mean, so the thing is, in terms of like the theory around it, like it, it exists. Like, um, there was a guy in the 80s that went in and then like another in 89 and like Alex Jones in 2000 actually like ended up getting in and like filming oh, a bunch sure. of stuff and he called it like ritual sacrifice um and so he's the one that i think started making it more like satanic but then he also said it was just like an overgrown frat party so again like take that as you will i don't really know what that means mm -hmm. um and then yeah there was another attempt in like 2002 to infiltrate bohemian grove but he was like wearing a skull mask and he was like the faint phantom patriot and it, i don't know like i just get really weird vibes from the whole thing so i think that it like physically exists i don't know what happens behind the scenes so yeah i don't I know yeah. in like 2014 seeing a video about it because my brother used to be really big about conspiracy theories mm -hmm. i remember i think i remember seeing the uh burning effigy like there's just people around a fire you know typical cold stuff people mm -hmm. on a fire dancing and someone like filming like very badly because they don't want to get caught or whatever mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a forest or something but yeah it's been years since i saw that video but i just remember that part of it yeah i just think it's crazy that things like this exist and they're not mm -hmm. like more widely known which like is part of why i'm like is it less widely known because they want to keep it hush hush or is it just like no one cares you know, like, all right, let them in, do whatever they want in the woods. But then it's like, are we sure we want to do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> considering mm -hmm. what we learned in the past couple of years that I think we all knew, but was actually confirmed. I don't know that mm -hmm. I like the idea. This is a thing that happens. Considering the first one in 1878 had less than 100 people. That's still a lot of men just hanging yeah. out in the forest. <laughs> For it to have like 168 acres of... Like, I mean, if you look up even just like the Wikipedia page, it doesn't give you a lot of information, but that's where I got like some of the baseline information. The number of different like just establishments and like homes and things on the property is like you could get lost there. Like it's in like Redwood Forest where there's just like tall trees and random cabins everywhere. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just not good vibes is what it is. Mm -hmm. No. All right, that's our yeah, so. Do you want to do the extra one? Did you do any research on that one? Because I didn't. Um, I didn't, but I feel like I've, you know, seen some stuff on it. Yeah, so our extra one, and Robert, I feel like maybe you could take this one. I feel like you maybe know more about yeah. Matt Groening. I know, I know a little bit. Uh, Matt Groening is the creator of uh, The Simpsons, and mm -hmm. um, a lot of things like the, the running joke is like Simpsons. Um, Simpsons did it, or Simpsons, like is tells the 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 future um so the bonus category is matt greening matt greening the time traveler jesus and the thing is um like a lot of stuff that happens um in the simpsons episodes like major world events end up transpiring like in the real world like the biggest one i saw um when i first learned about this conspiracy was um donald trump becoming president um mm. in the simpsons episode like uh, it was trump and melania coming down the escalators and trump tower and giving giving like a press conference and stuff like i was president of the united states 
and then however many years later, I don't remember when that episode came out, but um, it ended up in our world that Trump was actually um, elected president, and that exact scene played out like almost exactly like it did um, in The Simpsons with Trump and Melania coming down the escalator and stuff. Um, I, I, I know there are, are a lot more instances of this. I know um, 9-11 is one example. Um, but yeah, that's all I really know about this. I don't know like a whole lot about it. Yeah, I'm looking it up and like, it's only Reddit threads, right? Like the, <laughs> yeah. only, the only way you can find out this theory is Reddit threads. And one of them was like, um, you know, Matt Greening is a time traveler and Futurama is a documentary or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, maybe yeah. let's calm down. <laughs> yeah. That's but, about it, though. Any uh, last thoughts, opinions? Um, n- no, I mean, these have all been super interesting topics. Um, some of them I haven't ever heard of before um, today, like the Helen Keller thing. and um, <laughs> That's the first one. Yeah, uh, the Georgia guidelines, too, for them being that around interesting. so long. I never heard about them, which is crazy. But yeah, that's pretty much it, though. I think a lot of conspiracies, I feel like they, they kind of fall off just because of how, like, fervent people are for them. It's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, usually you don't want to listen to someone who's just, like, really crazy about a topic, and, you know, they're being very, um, I guess, aggressive would be. So that's where they come off as, like, kind of crazy and, like, kind of weird about it. But then there's mm-hmm. also those theories that, like, start going off, like, really bad tangents. Like, like I said with the lizard people. If you were to just straight up tell me, like, oh, like, these people are just, like, aliens or something. But if you were to tell me, like, every single Jewish person or something was, like, one of these lizard people, that's when it becomes, like, some crackpot sort of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it's very easy for the conspiracy theory community to get off on these weird, like, racial, bigoted yeah. things. So that's why a lot of people, like, don't really like to look into it. I kind of just treat it as, like, a, you know, scary story to tell in the dark kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. it's like just based on like how little we know about everything else that's going on around us i think that's the yeah. fun of it but you know it can be one of those like weird things that people make it out to be yeah i think it's also cool how many different like kinds of conspiracy theories like i mean some of them we mentioned there's like you know bohemian grove which is you know in reality this is a thing that probably does happen right but then there's ones where it's like lizard people where the explanation <laughs> is alien lizards that are 15 feet tall that are shapeshifters. But then there's like chemtrails where it's like it was the government all along. Like, I, I don't know. And I think that it is true. I feel like people conspiracy theories might start off as like just one person having a theory. And I feel like some people do take it and like um, morph it into whatever makes sense to them and they make explanations based off of these theories that are, you know, could be racist, homophobic, anything like that. Whereas, like, maybe the original creator didn't mean that, but people can take it and run with it. So, yeah, I don't know. Watch out, kids. Don't have too many crazy theories. You might become known for something you don't want to be known for. It's I guess. definitely better whenever it's in the realm of possibility. Like the mm-hmm. Grove, like, it's just a club, right? But mm-hmm. like, based on what we know so far, it's like that's where it starts getting crazy. It starts getting weird. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's almost like at some point, do you want to keep everything secret because of the wild theories that are going on? But when yeah. it's like the opposite with like the Den- Denver airport, where like nothing crazy is probably happening, but they love the theories and it probably gets them more people coming to them. So they're like, yeah, let's run with it and say, yep, everything crazy you're saying is absolutely true. Come check us out. <laughs> I would like to see it. Yeah. Seems like That's- there's going to be a lot of cool interesting art and statues around so mm-hmm. yeah that's the show though right. thanks for being yeah. on robert um anything yes, you want to plug no th- thanks for having me i enjoyed uh, the talk everything yeah so, what about you lucy um not today other than our social media mm-hmm. which um we now have really cute little qr code stickers that we can get so Oh, yeah. I'm going to um, put them all over the place. Yeah. Check outside and your then, house. Yep. We're going to start uh, just posting them on your door, and then you're going to, uh, you know, scan the QR code, and it's going to be our link tree, and you're going to find all of our social media. So follow yeah. us. <laughs> Give us a shout-out. Um, That's about it, though. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. And bye.